Hey, what's up? This is Jameis Winston, and you're listening to my boy, Jay the Plug, and the Fantasy Football Plug Podcast. Good luck to all the contestants in this year's Fantasy Football Tournament. Make sure that y'all represent those Saints, baby. Who that? I said, empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. Now, you put water into a cup. It becomes the cup. You put water into a bottle, it becomes the bottle. You put it in a teapot, it becomes the teapot. Now water can flow or it can crash. Be water, my friend. Tune in, this is where it's at. The fantasy football plug podcast. You know that we got it popping. Oh yeah, that's apparent. Got a shout out to my homie, one and only Jay Parrish. Yeah, tune in, you already know what's up. They call him the fantasy football plug. It's time to turn it up. I bet you can't get enough. Got him bouncing like they in Louisiana, huh, bruh? Hey, the fantasy football plug podcast. Let's go. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Football Plug podcast. I, of course, am Jay, the Fantasy Football Plug, coming to you today with another installment to my Fantasy Football Plug's 32-team fantasy relevance with the New Orleans Saints. <clears throat> my boys, who that, who that, who that say they're going to beat them Saints? Nobody. If you listen to Key Sweat, nobody, baby. I digress. Anyone who knows me knows I bleed black and gold. I love the Saints. I love the city of New Orleans and everything about my home state of Louisiana. All that being said, this is fantasy football, so I can't be biased when it comes to giving advice. So, you know, lucky for me, there aren't any bad decisions to be made choosing Saints players. So, here we go. Okay. So Drew Brees at this point in his career is extremely system-based because his arm is not what it was a number of years ago. Still, this offense is difficult to defend, and um, you'd be pretty safe going after Drew Brees. Okay, so Brees threw the ball 378 times, completing 281 passes for 2,979 yards and 27 touchdowns and four interceptions in 2019. Doesn't seem like a whole lot of yardage, I understand, but he was also hurt. Um, Whenever he jammed his thumb or or cracked his thumb on uh, Aaron Donald's big-ass head, Um, which, you know, I can understand. If you even look at Aaron Donald, I mean, it's, you know, you fracture any of the motherfuckers made of muscle. Um, Now, Breeze doesn't really rush the ball, so that's a non-factor. However, does sneak in a few rushing touchdowns here and there. I remember being at the game in 2018 when the Saints played the Falcons, and Breeze took a 10-minute run to get the ball into the end zone, uh, hit a spin move (laughs) out of Madden. It just, I couldn't believe it that that's how he, it was dope. It was awesome. Finished it up with a dive into the end zone. Man, I mean, that just added uh, (laughs) insult to injury. So um, he was out for five games due to a thumb injury that has obviously healed, and he still put these numbers up. That's not bad at all, guys. Um, He just got a new toy to play with in Emmanuel Sanders, and he is going to be a solid number two receiver for the quarterback. Um, So, uh, you know, it goes without saying that he is one of the strongest set of weapons in offense. Uh, Thomas, Sanders, Kamara, Cook stacked for the 2020 season, so look for him to feast. Um, All right, second on the depth chart for them QBs, famous Jameis Winston. 
Famous Jameis is second on the depth chart, even though so many people want Taysom Hill to be there. I'm not one of those people. Um, I believe that if Jameis takes uh, this time with Peyton and Breeze, he will be the heir apparent to the throne that Breeze has occupied for so long. Um, Look, I know the whole 30 for 30 argument, and it's noted, okay? But look at what he did, even with 30 interceptions. I remember playing uh, my boy Joey. He had Jameis. Jameis went down negative five points to start the game. Then came back and finished with like 28 fantasy points. What is that? Like, I'm sorry, man. That's a beast. Granted, you fucked up at first, but then you made up for it. I mean, just imagine if you didn't throw that first interception. I mean, it's just crazy. Now, he threw for 33 touchdowns and the highest yardage total of 2019 for 5,109 yards. Yep, more than anyone. He also rushed for uh, 250 yards, scoring another touchdown on the ground. The closest QB to his passing yards was Dak Prescott at 49.02. So, you know, pretty close, but, you know, close but no cigar. Horseshoes and hand grenades, whatever. Winston was behind only Lamar Jackson in passing touchdown. Jackson had 36. Uh, Winston had 33, of course. Um, I'm just saying Jameis is a good quarterback, and with the correct mentoring, he can be absolutely phenomenal. He could be great. Taysom Hill is next on the list. Hill is an anomaly, a conundrum, if you will. I'm not quite sure where to go with this guy. Um, However much I love him being on the Saints, I'm here about fantasy football, and that puts him in the I'm not touching him box for me. In some formats, he is also draftable as a tight end, if draftable is a word, (laughs) but that's not really what I want in a quarterback. Um, no matter how cool it seems. Uh, they call him the human Swiss army knife, even though he's not Swiss, um, and for good reason. I mean, the guy's all over the place, and he can play from pretty much anywhere on the field. But again, I don't want that in a quarterback unless he is an actual quarterback. If he plays QB and can run the ball, I love him. But that's not exactly what happens here. I mean, Anyway, if you've ever seen him play, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, Hill was drafted in 2017, um, but signed with uh, signed with Green Bay as a free agent. So he was undrafted, excuse me, in 2017. Um, Hill needs to show more at the QB position before I can believe in him being the heir to my Saints. I mean, I need more passes, completions, show of accuracy. I mean, we know he can run. Let's see the arm. You know, uh, he... Like I said, he signed with Green Bay before, um, then got, you know, got grabbed by the Saints, which now look at what he's doing. I mean, they use him all over the place. But again, I just keep coming back. I keep trying to think of anything good that I can put forward about Taysom Hill as far for fantasy football. For my team, I love him. But for fantasy football, I just I just can't I can't go there. So those are the quarterbacks. Um Now, the Saints have a good two-headed monster in the backfield with Latavius Murray, who is productive as a committee runner, and Alvin Kamara, who is both a very good runner and arguably the best receiving back in the NFL. Um, So number one on the running back list, we've got Alvin Kamara first on the depth chart. In a PPR format, I think I have Kamara ranked like the baby bear's porridge, chair and bed. Just right. Check the receptions for every season. 81. He's caught 81 of all the passes each year. And I know that's a constant stat that people throw out there, but it's it's one to be reckoned with. I mean, you got to be reckoned with, I reckon. 
First season, 81 of 100. Second season, 81 of 105. Third season, 81 of 97. And some may say, well, he's good for 81. Okay, out of 105 at the highest target share? That's fucking sick. Kamara rushed for 797 yards and five touchdowns in 2019, had 533 receiving yards and one touchdown through the air. So his touchdowns were low, but I mean, there's not going to be a regression from that. It's just the way that the offense ran and he also got hurt. And um, trust me, they love Kamara there. They're not going to do the same thing with him that they did last year. And it was just kind of a fluke season, I think. Um, You know, I mean, that's not what, what he did last season. It's not exactly anything to celebrate, but at least you don't have to worry about regression, like I said. I mean, it's not going to go down. Kamara is a PPR monster, and don't get it twisted. He played 14 games due to some injury issues, but came back swinging. He caused most of his damage after he returned, so he's obviously okay. Draft Kamara with confidence. I'm telling you. Mark my words. You heard it from the plug. It's not exactly breaking news. Fucking everybody's going to draft Kamara. <laughs> He's a monster. Just just go get him. Um, Latavius Murray, big old LTM. Murray ended up being a good fit for the Saints, whole working behind um, uh, Kamara. So it, it's he ended up being good on the whole, like as a whole for behind Kamara. Um, always a number two running back, very good, very powerful. Uh, they gave him two starts when Kamara was hurt, and he responded with RB1 caliber games. Um, Murray is one of the most important handcuffs in the league, honestly. Uh, last season, he had the chance to show that um, during week seven and week eight, while Kamara was out with an injury. Uh, in those weeks, Murray posted 27 attempts for 119 yards and two touchdowns in week seven, 21 attempts for 102 yards and a touchdown on the ground, um, along with a receiving touchdown. I mean, it's he's been a starter on multiple teams and doesn't get the respect he deserves, you know, whenever he was with um, the Raiders and then they moved him to Minnesota um, and then they kept on bringing new guys in, which, I mean, you know, they did what they needed to do, but, I mean, he's definitely an RB1 if he, if he could get the backfield by himself on the right team. Um, number three, Ty Montgomery. Yeah, I said Ty Montgomery. Newest addition to the Saints backfield, Montgomery has shown he has fantasy relevance in PPR formats in years past. Um, while he's not worth an ad in drafts, whatever league you play in, I feel it necessary to mention him being a Saints running back. Uh, if he has a chance to get back to the Green Bay days, which weren't amazing, but still a weekly fill-in at most, the Saints could definitely help him get there. Um, he used to be a PPR guy, you know, a plug-and-play type of dude, and, and you know, he, he helped win a couple people a few weeks here and there uh, way back in the day. So, you know, you just just had to – I wanted to mention him because I'm trying to bring up everybody on the squad. At receiver, everybody knows where I'm going here. Um, they scheme up Mike Thomas beautifully, and he and Breeze have a great connection. Emmanuel Sanders is a smart pickup, and the 10-year vet runs quality routes, and he can, actually, he can get vertical still. Um, big question is who's going to be the third receiver? My guess is Traquan Smith, who also has vertical ability. Um, first on the depth chart, of course – Mike Thomas. Can't guard Mike. Um, okay, I know I'm a homer, but this is Mike Thomas. And in 2019, he was targeted 185 times, catching 149 of them for a, uh, 1,725 yards and nine touchdowns. That's unreal. And the reason why I say I'm a homer 
is because I put Mike Thomas number one overall for receiver. Like, there's not anybody close, really. Um, this man is easily the number one receiver, as I stated in the league right now. Uh, I know there will be the Julio, Devontae, and D-Hop truthers, but you can't deny production. Um, and Thomas has gotten better each year. Even after multiple pros, uh, pros in quotations, meaning professional analysts, of fantasy football said he was due for regression. He hasn't regressed yet and miss me with the, he only runs slants bullshit. This is fantasy football. No matter how the man gets his points, he gets his points. And even in reality football, he can run slants the entire time and still be considered the best wide receiver in football and rightfully so. So quit hating. Um, there's not really a whole lot more to say about Mike Thomas. I mean, he's just, I mean, he's worth, an argument of number one overall. I mean, I know everybody says Christian McCaffrey, which I totally get, and I would draft McCaffrey over Mike Thomas. Don't don't get it twisted. I'm just saying with Mike Thomas in a PPR format, and if you're not playing PPR, you need to, you know, check your life. Uh, but Mike Thomas is Mike Thomas, and that's all i got to say about that. Um, number two, Emmanuel Sanders. I feel like people are sleeping on Sanders, and that's fine with me. Let, it, let me get him. Let him slip. I'll grab him. Sanders has been targeted 90-plus times in the past six seasons because this dude gets open. Seriously, 90-plus times in the past six seasons, multiple teams. So last season, he had 97 targets, catching 66 of them for 869 yards and five touchdowns. Now, my guy is going to be playing with Drew Brees, arguably the most accurate quarterback uh, to touch the field. Manuel Sanders is a steal at his ADP. The number two receiver in the Saints offense is worth having a ton of shares in, and I plan to. Um, let us not forget, shout out, <laughs> shout out Bogart, shout out Hard to Start, all the 49ers fans out there. Let's not forget when my man put up 157 yards and a touchdown on us. Um, man, I mean, he can still play. I mean, he's proven that. So I'm very, very happy to have him as our wide receiver, too. Um, as I stated before, number three, Traquan Smith. Um, 2019, Smith failed to build on the momentum from a solid rookie season. Uh, you know, as he suffered a series of ankle injuries starting in week two, with Sanders added and Taysom Hill becoming more active in the passing game, I mean, Smith looks like a late-round flyer at the very best. And, I mean, that's if you're in, like, a 16-team league, man. I'm, I'm just not taking any shares of Traquan Smith. Um, moving on, Jared Cook. Love Jared Cook. He has vertical seam ability at tight end. Breeze has always been a great seam thrower. I'm curious to see what they'll do with Adam Troutman from Dayton. Um, he's very athletic, and if you draft a tight end in the third round, you plan on making him a part of the specific packages in your offense. Um, at least that's just my opinion. He's not someone who is going to be sitting on the bench. Um, so to start off on the depth chart, Jared Cook, my guy, big homie. Um, first off, he's the top tight end in the Saints offense, and that's a great place to be. I mean, in 2019, he was targeted 65 times, catching 43 of them for 705 yards and nine touchdowns. I fully think he will continue this production. Everybody says regression in tight end. You know, look, in, in touchdowns, whatever. I mean, this is the Saints offense. They can throw time, nine touchdowns in a game. Um, Cook is ranked first in yards per reception at 16.4, first in yards per target. 10.8, fifth in yards after the catch at 3.6 and ranked ninth in points per game in fantasy at 12 per game. That's solid tight end numbers. Now understand that's in tight end uh, 
that's tight end stats, so that's not like overall. Cook is a monster. He's six foot five, two hundred and forty eight pounds, and strong as fuck. Okay, this guy is going to be a steal in any draft with an ADP of tight end twelve, usually around the tenth round. If he falls that far, something's wrong. In my leagues, he won't fall that far. Um, Adam Troutman, a guy I brought up earlier, the guy who they drafted, uh, Saints drafted him in the third round, 105 overall out of Dayton. Um, he's an extremely athletic tight end with great blocking skills. Head coach Sean Payton stated, well, uh, well, we see him as a true Y blocking tight end. Um, I don't think for a small college player, I do think, excuse me, for a small college player, we feel he's got real good online strength. Um, maybe inline strength is what it's I don't know. I printed it off as a quote. He's also someone that I think has got very good hips, so he's changing direction quickly, um, which you love to see that in a blocking tight end or tight end period. You can see that in how he sets up his routes. Um, one of the challenges we talked about this um, this past week is the lack of off-season programs that teams were going to have. So basically just saying he's not going to get a whole lot of reps in you know, with off-season programs like everybody would like to. Um, but you know, we'll see what they can do with all this COVID bullshit happening. Um, so honestly, with all that said, I mean, there's not much to worry about him taking away from cook's value. Um, look, the saints assets include defensive end, uh, cam Jordan. Oh, by the way, I'm going in the defense right now. So <laughs> the saints assets include defensive end cam Jordan, uh, 15.5 sacks, three passes defended and a fumble recovery. Outside linebacker, Demario Davis, 16 passes defended, two forced fumbles. Free safety, Marcus Williams with four interceptions and an offense that usually takes the lead and keeps the defense from seeing too many rushing attempts. So, you know, liabilities include corner depth um, and play uh, and playing in the high scoring NFC South um, definitely sucks because everybody seems to score in the NFC South. But, you know, it is what it is. <clears throat> Luckily, we have an offense that can keep up. Um, but the defense is strong. Uh, I, I'll grab them if they're available in the last couple rounds because, I mean, shit, look. Last season they posted 246 fantasy points, 51 sacks, 13 interceptions, 10 fumble recoveries, uh, three defensive touchdowns, one safety, and a blocked kick. That's, that's strong. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing bad about that at all. I'll, I'll take that all day. Um, now their field goal kicker, Will Lutz, um, love this kid, uh, posted 155 fantasy points, not too shabby for a, for a field goal kicker. Um, had one for zero to 19 yards, nine for 20 to 29, six from 30 to 39, 13 from 40 to 49. That's insane. Three from 50 plus and 48 PATs made. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, those are my new Orleans saints. Um, I hope you enjoyed the episode. I, uh, forgive me. I had so many notes, uh, you know, that I made, I tried to make sure to, to get everything in. So I read a little bit off of these sheets. So forgive me if it's a little bit choppy. Um, you know, I, I, I keep wondering if I should just, just scratch this whole episode and redo it, but you know what? Um, I'm not going to be one of those guys. I'm going to be real and true to who I am. <laughs> just be lazy and uh, send it out as is. Because I think I did a good enough job to where you guys can understand that the Saints are definitely a beast of a team, um, fantasy and real life. I love my Saints. I will forever bleed black and gold. And um, again, hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, please subscribe. Go to YouTube. I finally got a YouTube channel, guys. Uh, if you go to 
the Fantasy Football Plug. You'll see me on there. I've got my Marcus Allen interview posted, um, which I've just cut the audio and put it on here uh, on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, if you go to iTunes and Spotify, make sure you subscribe, leave a review if you want to. Um, it'll mean the world to me. But again, YouTube, go subscribe, hit that. <laughs> it's so fucking weird saying this. Hit that like button and notification bell so you'll know any new <laughs> any new videos that pop off by the Fantasy Football Plug. Again, I am Jay, the Fantasy Football Plug with the Fantasy Football Plug Podcast. Thanks again, everybody. Have a good night. Peace out. Don't think. Feel. It is like a finger pointing away to the moon. Don't concentrate on the finger or you will miss all that heavenly glory. Do you understand? Tune in, this is where it's at. The Fantasy Football Plug Podcast. You know that we got it popping. Oh yeah, that's apparent. Got a shout out to my homie, one and only Jay Parrish. Yeah, tune in, you already know what's up. They call him the Fantasy Football Plug. It's time to turn it up. I bet you can't get enough. Got him bouncing like they in Louisiana, huh, bruh? Hey, the Fantasy Football Plug Podcast. Let's go. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Football Plug Podcast. I, of course, am Jay, the Fantasy Football Plug, coming to you with another entry to my 32-team Fantasy Relevance series. Uh, Today, I come to you with the Minnesota Vikings. I'm going to kind of dive into this quick, ladies and gentlemen, because I have a full day. I've got to get to work. I've got a bunch of stuff going on, and I appreciate everybody's patience. Um... With me not dropping an episode in a couple days just because I've just been so busy. So thank you guys for bearing with me if you even give a shit. All right, so today, the Minnesota Vikings. All right, here we go. Uh, Minnesota Vikings is an offense that begins with the run game. Um, and it's what fits Kirk Cousins. I mean, it's, you know, they have to do the run game so it can fit Kirk Cousins. He is not a gunslinger. Um, Cousins must play within the structure of an offense, which the run game is the foundation. I mean, in order for him to be any good like he, he's got to be able to hand that ball off quite a bit in order for him to be able to stay relevant which sounds like shit for a quarterback but he does have his moments um so Kirk Cousins after finishing ninth in QB scoring uh, in 2018 and averaging 37.9 attempts Cousins saw his passing opportunities fall by 21.9 percent and his ranking dropped to 19th Cousins completed 307 of his 444 passes for 3,603 yards and 26 touchdowns and only six interceptions. Not bad. Not bad for a guy who's getting slept on. Um, Cousins posted 296.42 fantasy points last season, and with Adam Thielen and the addition of Justin Jefferson to that receiver core, Cousins has a chance to be a nice sleeper at QB, if you ask my opinion. Um... So the Vikings have a new coordinator in Gary Kubiak, but the offense will be very similar to what it was a year ago. Uh, excuse me, and uh, they, you know, they'll start with the outside zone run game with Dalvin Cook, who is one of the three or four best backs in the league, hands down. He just needs to stay on the field. That's my biggest argument with Dalvin Cook. I see him go pretty early in drafts, and at the same time, I would love to have the guy if he was healthy. He'd be in the top four discussion. All day, like no problem. So getting to Cook, um, Cook helped many fantasy teams to the playoffs after uh, after an electric start over the first 10, uh, 10 weeks. 
1,415 combined yards with 10 touchdowns. Strong, strong, strong. But in three years in the league, he has averaged just 9.67 games due to a variety of injuries. Cook is capable of elite numbers if he can stay on the field, as stated prior. Um, Now, you know, I usually stay away from him. I mean, he's never played in a fantasy playoff. I, I got lucky with him last season. And, yeah, he was a beast. I mean, you just leave him on the field and just pray to God that he would never get hurt. And then, lo and behold, he did again. Um, look, so, I mean, all that being said, I mean, in 2019, he posted 292.4 fantasy points. I mean, he can win a championship for you if he stays healthy. That's a big, big if. He has never been in a fantasy playoff. I can't state that enough. He'll he'll get you he'll get you as far as he can. I mean, that's what you can basically say. Uh, I I love Dalvin Cook. I think he's a beast of a player. Um read this thing on him in, in Sports Illustrated that was that was awesome. Like, I mean, you know, I I'll I'll read or watch a video on a player and all of a sudden I'll become infatuated with him for a little bit and kind of learn everything I can. But with Cook, regardless of how good he is, you've got to be careful because he may not stay on the field. He hasn't done it in a full season yet. Um, number two on the running back depth chart is Alexander Madison. Uh, there's not a whole lot to say about Madison. It's just that he is probably one of the most, if not the most, important handcuff in the league. If you do draft Cook, make sure to get Alexander Madison, and then you won't feel so bad. Like, I've thought about that before, but I'm all one and two. I'm one and two. Um in all the leagues that I'm in this year. And I would give a shout out to every single one of them if I could remember every single one of them. I'm sorry, guys. I've got the list in my phone. Um, But I've been invited to a ton of them, so I decided to get in on them. Um, But I've drafted one and two. And then in the follically challenged league that I'm in, shout out fantasy bald guy, fantasy football guy, uh, I'm number three. So if I decided to go cook there, which I highly, highly doubt I will, um, I would definitely grab Alexander Madison to back him up, and I would feel a hell of a lot better. So Madison got meaningful carries last year for a second back, for a secondary back, excuse me. With Cook's injury history, it makes Madison an important player on any roster. In his rookie season, Madison never saw the field more than 27 plays in any game, though his touches trended upward. Quite possibly the most important handcuff in fantasy football, as I've stated. Him and a few others, uh, Complicated Kai and I have talked about it a few times. We had a little collab on uh, Instagram about uh, handcuffs. He had Pollard. I had Latavius Murray. I was going to go with Madison, but I figured that one was too obvious. Um, all right, so the wide receiver score uh, core. Let's see. Adam Thielen. <clears throat> In 2019, Thielen had a rough season, uh, to say the least. Catching 30 of 48 targets for a measly 418 yards and six touchdowns. In 2018, he had 153 targets, catching 113 of them for 1,373 yards and nine touchdowns, so he obviously has the skills to be a top-tier receiver. His season went awry in Week 7 when he suffered a hamstring injury. Also, Minnesota's wide receivers caught only 137 passes for 2,142 yards, well below the numbers of 2018 at 272 for 2,989 yards. So it's not like Thielen just had, you know, the hamstring injury. I mean, it doesn't even look like their receivers did anything. Like, and I think they're even counting the tight end position. I mean, it's just shit all around. 
However, I think they're going to get back to back to form in 2020. And I think I think Phelan is going to be slept on due to last season, which I always love. I hate when somebody gets hurt. Don't get me wrong, but whenever a, uh, a top tier player is coming off an injury, people get terrified of them. That's why I ended up getting cooked so late last season is because everybody was scared. And I'll be completely honest, I was terrified putting that sticker up on that board. But if you have a value there, you have a value. Um, and I got Madison as his handcuff off of waivers because people were sleeping. Um, now, I believe that Thielen gets back to form in 2020. I mean, he can't possibly get worse, uh, you know. But, you know, you know the, the hamstring injury, just Kirk Cousins being too terrified with his dad bod and, and – uh, New balances to throw the ball downfield. It's, you know, it, it'll it'll pick up, I believe. Justin Jefferson, the number 22 pick out of LSU, go Tigers. Jefferson plays with a vision while flashing sneaky speed in the open field. Um, anybody watching his tape or watching him last season, when it, like while they were on their way to winning the championship, I mean, he, he's got really good ability in the slot. Um, he showed improvement last season after a switch to the slot position. And if he's lined up outside, though, he will struggle when working in the deep areas of the field. Um, as a rookie, I'd say he's got wide receiver four floor and wide receiver two upside. Um, we all saw what Stefan Diggs can do. He's taking over for Stefan Diggs. You, you never know. I mean, I would draft Justin Jefferson in the late rounds. I'm talking like a late flyer if he's like there, like maybe 12 to round 12 to 16. Um Probably won't be, but that's the only place I'm taking them. Um, so the rest of the wide receivers, the third wide out spot is up for grabs between Ola B.C. Johnson. It always makes me think of Eddie B.C. Uh, <laughs> from Oz. Um, he played some of that role last season and, you know, as the, as the third receiver. Um, but, you know, you don't remember a whole lot about him. Uh, I believe he was number 11 on the roster, and he made a couple good plays, but, you know, it was here and there. And they also have Tajay Sharp, who was signed from Tennessee. I'm not sure if you remember Sharp, but he was a guy on a lot of radars as a rookie, uh, his rookie year with Tennessee. Um, he was a guy that I, I looked at because, I mean, there was nothing but good things coming out, um, coming out about him out of college. So, you know, I, I took a chance on him. Um, had a couple good games, so who knows? I, I have no idea who's going to take the third spot, but you know Tajay Sharp could be a sneaky, sneaky little bet there. Um, it'll be a training camp battle for sure. So, but okay, look, um, Adam Thielen is a great route runner and has far better speed than people think. Minnesota clearly drafted Just, Justin Jefferson in the first round to replace Stephon Diggs, as stated before. The question with Jefferson is, can he play outside with efficiency? Last year at LSU, well, you know, well over 90% of Jefferson's catches came from the slot. And now he'll be expected to line up on the outside opposite Thielen. It's a toss-up. Um, I just go back to that because I can't stress enough. Whenever you try to whenever you change a position of a of a player, they can sometimes thrive or sometimes they can get hurt. I think not get hurt like physically, but I mean it could hurt their production. I think Justin Jefferson is the type that at first, if he's lining up outside and having to go deep, I think it'll 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 hurt him a little bit. But he's the type of player that'll learn and come back from it. So I think by the by middle or end of the season, he'll definitely pick it up if that's what they decide to do with him, and he'll definitely be a good stash. Um, tight end depth chart: We got Kyle Rudolph, Rudolph the Red Zone Reindeer. Uh, I mean, 
Rudolph is somebody I'd never really touch in fantasy. Seems like a great guy off the field and a good player. Obviously, he's in the NFL, but I just I don't really fuck with Kyle Rudolph because I, I haven't seen enough from him. Um, last year, Minnesota threw the ball 23% less than 2018, and though Rudolph finished third on the team in catches, he was usually targeted short. Um, Rudolph made his noise mostly with his six touchdowns. Not a sexy pick by any means, getting Kyle Rudolph. But, you know, if he continues with the, with the touchdowns, I mean, he could be a, a plug and play, you know, uh, <laughs> so to speak. Um, with Irv Smith taking the role as the Vikings' deep ball tight end, I mean, the, the veteran Rudolph is a bi-week play-by-play at best. He'll be, he'll be one of those guys who you just you grab if you're streaming, um, which I've done before at tight end. Uh, kind of like to wait on tight end, so sometimes – if I wait a little bit too long, I get hosed and don't get that one that I want to just – I can just drop in lineup, so I'll stream them. And I did okay. Um, same thing with defenses. Um, so, number two, as we were talking about the deep threat tight end, Irv Smith. Minnesota's 2019 second-round pick out of Alabama. Smith was raw in his route running and blocking, but showed his ability as a deep threat. Um, also, being run in the route running and blocking, I mean, that's stuff that can be fixed in the NFL, and I'm sure they've been working at that uh, – been working at that a lot, so I'm sure he got a lot better. Um, last year, top output was 11 fantasy points in a game twice, but he should see more opportunities in his sophomore season for sure. I, I agree. I think Smith is the tight end to own in um, in Minnesota. Smith is going undrafted in most mocks I've been involved in, so he could be a steal if the Vikings start throwing again, which they'll throw a little bit more, I believe. I really think so. Um and I think Irv Smith is going to definitely take advantage and, and get the lion's share whenever it comes to their tight end work. Uh, he's just he's a good player, and he 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 can get up he can get open uh, deep, which is not normal for a tight end. So definitely take a look at him. Um, all right, here we go with the defense. Like I said, I I cover all facets of fantasy football on each team. So if you guys don't like defense or kickers, you might as well just turn it off now. Um, but I suggest you listen because, you know, most leagues have defenses and kickers. Leagues that don't go with kickers anymore is kind of irritating because, I mean, every team has a fucking kicker on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have a kicker, you have a defense. It, why not? It's, it's been that way since fantasy started. Now people are starting to go no kicker and all that. Fuck that. Just have the whole team. Like, come on. Show your skills. Show what you can do with the kicker and everything like that. If you're, if you're worried about if you want more high-scoring players because – or if that's your excuse, I mean, whatever. I mean, everybody is entitled to their own thing. Me, I enjoy having kickers on there because whenever you win with a kicker, oh, my God, you want to talk about the best shit-talking you can do? <laughs> Man, the fuck out of here. Take, take a look at um, Hard to Start. I can't remember if it was J.D. or Kev. Who was it? I can't remember who it was, but they had, I believe, Justin Tucker who won – no, Zerline, Zerline, Greg the Leg won their week for them. It was fantastic. It's just the funniest thing. You can see it on IG. It's, it's really funny. Um, all right, so defense. The Vikings had a top-tier defense 2016 to 2018. But last year, their stars showed signs of age. And this offseason, Minnesota has parted ways with their starting corners, Xavier Rhodes and Trey Waynes. Um, defensive end, Danielle Hunter. Man, you know your name is Danielle, bro. Quit playing. It's D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E. That's my sister's middle name. Defensive end Danielle Hunter, Daniel Hunter, remains a beast 
So don't worry about that. Like, I mean, name or not, man. The guy, you know, has a name like Jane, plays like Tarzan. Um, 29 sacks over the last 32 games. I mean, he's a monster. He, he looks like a damn cartoon character, too. If you look at him, he looks like if you gave a caricaturist the idea of what a bodybuilder would look like in a superhero, they put him together, and that's what this cat looks like. So you know what? Instead of Daniel, it's Daniel. Yeah, his name's whatever he wants it to be. Um, last season, uh, the Vikings defense posted 202.10 fantasy points with 48 sacks, 17 interceptions, 14 fumble recoveries, two touchdowns, one safety, a blocked kick, and 571 return yards. Not terrible. Um <clears throat> Not terrible. I mean, you know, they're, they're, again, serviceable defense depending on who they're playing. They're playing the Jets, start them. Um, kicker, Dan Bailey, uh, the, old, uh, the old Dallas kicker. Used to love going after him in drafts whenever he was with Dallas because, man, he, could, he was a great kicker. He still is a great kicker. I mean, look, his stats, I mean, 10 for 10 from 20 to 29, 9 of 9 from 30 to 39, Five of seven from forty to forty-nine, three for three, for fit or three of three, fifty plus, and forty PATs made. Not bad. Um, and especially with an offense like that, he's going to definitely get a lot of PATs. And um, it, I think he'll be, I think he'll be a good kicker to grab toward the end if, because a lot of people aren't even looking at him. Like he's way down on the depth chart or the uh, ADP chart, which is funny because he's. He's one of the higher scoring kickers, so uh, I don't know. I could probably make up a stat and nobody would really know because nobody gives a shit about kickers anymore. Well, I do. So I'm here to rep for the kickers out there. Um, ladies and gentlemen, that winds up the Minnesota Vikings episode of the Fantasy Football Plugs 32 Team Fantasy Relevance. I hope you enjoyed yourself. I hope you learned a thing or two about a thing or two. Um, I hope I've been doing these things justice. I keep saying they'll get better. I mean, they can't get worse. <laughs> so I will keep putting these out as often as I can. Thank y'all so much for listening. Have a great day. I'm out. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place. And I don't care how tough you are. It will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, then go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. Tune in. This is where it's at. The fantasy football plug podcast. You know that we got it popping. Oh, yeah. That's a parent. Got a shout out to my homie, one and only Jay Parrish. Yeah. Tune in. You already know what's up. They call him the fantasy football plug. It's time to turn it up. I bet you can't get enough. Got him bouncing like they in Louisiana. Huh, bruh? Hey. The fantasy football plug podcast. Let's go. Tune in, this is where it's at, the Fantasy Football Plug Podcast, you know that we got it popping, oh yeah, that's apparent, got a shout out to my homie, one and only Jay Parrish, yeah, tune in, you already know what's up, they call him the Fantasy Football Plug, it's time to turn it up, I bet you can't get enough, got him bouncing like they in Louisiana, huh bruh, Hey. 
the Fantasy Football Plug Podcast. Let's go. Hey, what's up, everybody? Jay, the Fantasy Football Plug here with the Fantasy Football Plug Podcast. Hollering at y'all to let y'all know about something called Monkey Knife Fight. Got to be one of the best daily fantasy games that you can play. Got an app you can go online. Y'all make sure to get to monkeyknifefight.com and get that money. Use the promo code PLUG, that's P-L-U-G, and receive a match on your first $50. That's free money. Go get it. Who doesn't like free money? This is the easiest daily fantasy site out there, and the prop bets are so easy to make. Seriously, if I can understand it and I can figure out how to do it, anybody can. Like a toddler could figure this out. Uh, but don't let them bet they're too young. Um, one of the best things about Monkey Knife Fight is you can play all year since it can be used for every sport, from football to golf. Hell, I'll pro- I'm sure they'll probably figure out something for badminton. Um, and you don't play against pros, all right? There are no entry limits, no randomness involved. Play against the house only. Seriously, guys, go get that money. MonkeyKnifeFight.com. You cannot go wrong with this daily fantasy game. It's a blast. You got an app that you can download or just go online to monkeyknifefight.com. I'm out. Hey, what's up? It's Alexander Madison, and you're listening to my boy Jay the Plug and the Fantasy Football Plug Podcast. Let's go Vikings.